Hello, this is Explore Your Roots, and today we are going to talk about and highlight the life of one of my ancestors from my mom's side of the family. As usual, we are going to try and summarize his life's events and give you a greater picture of who he was. All right. So my research this week consisted of reading stories written on genealogy websites and looking through historical records such as immigration documents, parish records, and census records. So John Davies is through my mom's side. So my connection to him begins with me, then goes to my mom, then her mom, my grandma Joan, and then her dad, Mason, and then his dad, Alma, and then his dad, William, and then his dad, John Davies, who is the topic of our discussion today. In other words, John Davies is my fourth great-grandfather. So John Davies was the youngest of four siblings, born on January 20th, 1802, in Carmarthenshire, Wales, to his father, Evan Davies, and his mother, Margaret Thomas. Unfortunately, later in 1802, John's mother Margaret passed away while John was still an infant, leaving him and his other three siblings to be raised solely by their father. Tragedy struck again only a few years later in 1807 when John's father Evan died in a sawmill accident, leaving parentless all four children under the age of 12. John, at this time, was only six years old, and all siblings were transferred to a relative's home to be raised. Not much is known about John's childhood, but we know that he learned hard work and humility. Probably sometime around 1830, when John was about 20 years old, he met his future wife, Elizabeth Cadwallader. When John first saw her, he was taken aback. She was tall, around 5'10 or so, and had large dark eyes and dark brown wavy hair. She was affectionate, but very sensible. So on April 17, 1831, John married Elizabeth and Man Norbier. John and Elizabeth together had seven children total, but only four of them made it to adulthood. William, born in 1833, was the first child born to them, but died later that year. The next child was Alice in 1834, followed by Joseph in 1836, then came William George in 1842, who I'm come through. Then John Davies Jr. was born 1842, but died later that year. And Francis was born in 1844. And the last child, George David, was born 1846, but died later in the same year. So out of the seven children, Alice, Joseph, William, and Francis were the four to live to adulthood. John held several professions throughout his life, including a laborer, quarry worker, a miner, a mason, a chairmaker, and a weaver. John was also a very devout Wesleyan Welshman and had a strong belief in God. He had a small hymn book he would carry around with him and sang often. He also prided himself on modesty and is known to frequently say, By God's, I'll let no person see my naked body. John has been described as very tenacious, punctual, consistent, reliable, 
particular, and clean. If he had a schedule, he would stick to it. For example, of his many habits, he would cut his nails every Friday night and shave and clean his shoes every Saturday night. He also would never put a sock or other clothes on it if it had a hole in it. It is also said that John always spoke the plain truth and despised fibs and excuses. John was also very humble and had no pride except in his own work. When John's granddaughter Bessie visited Wales, she visited with many of his old friends who spoke of these characteristics and of his staunch friendship. In 1849, John and his family were living on the grounds and working for a farmer by the name of James Gardner. James was a hard and angry man, and when he found out that John and his family were no longer of the Wesleyan faith, he fired John and threatened to burn down their house, which was actually his. So John and his family moved, but the sentiment also instilled the desire to emigrate to the United States. The Davies family then began to emigrate. Joseph was the first child to leave, followed by Alice and William George in 1859. Then, in 1861, the last daughter, Frances, left Wales for the United States. Upon arriving to the U.S. through New York, the Davies siblings changed and Americanized their last name to Davis. The Davies' children decided to save up their money so they could bring their parents to America. So, in 1863, John and Elizabeth boarded the ship Sinosier in Liverpool and headed to New York. The journey to New York had its ups and downs. Shortly after the ship left England, it stopped in the middle of the ocean for three days because there was no wind. Passengers write that the ocean was so still and quiet that you could almost see the bottom. Many of the passengers aboard the ship also became seasick and ill. There was a measles outbreak and a lot of the drinking water on board went bad. A bad storm hit the ship also, forcing all the passengers to lock themselves in their cabins for three days, and they had no air, no light, barely had any sleep because of the violent rocking of the boat, and no cooked food, just hard tack, which is like a hard biscuit. After six long weeks, they finally shouted for joy upon seeing land. The first stop in New York was to Castle Garden, the predecessor of Ellis Island. Since the Davies family wanted to travel out west, their journey was not yet over. John and his family boarded a train in New York and headed to St. Louis. After arriving in St. Louis, they boarded a steamboat to travel the Mississippi and Missouri rivers headed to Florence, Nebraska. Once they arrived in Florence, Nebraska, they had to then travel to the west by foot and cart. It is unknown which company exactly John Davies and his family were a part of, but we do know that they traveled in an ox cart company headed by Captain Samuel D. White, eventually arriving in Salt Lake City in 1863. While crossing the plains, John's wife Elizabeth became sick with typhoid fever. She pushed through, however, she didn't quite recover until sometime after they arrived in Salt Lake City. Once they arrived, they settled in the Sugar House area in Salt Lake City with only a few possessions, as most of their possessions had been lost along the journey. Many counts from John and Elizabeth's grandchildren remember John as light-hearted and humorous. More than often, one would hear Elizabeth say, John, thou art a fool. 
If any of the children wanted something, they would always go to John. In an account by Bessie, John's granddaughter, she noted that when Elizabeth found out that one of their children would ask John for something, she would say, John, surely thou aren't be encouraging such things. And he would reply, oh, Betsy, let the little mate have it. On May 23, 1881, John's wife Elizabeth silently passed away and was buried in the Salt Lake City Cemetery. On September 26, 1881, when John was 79 years old, he awoke as usual. In this early morning, some relative in the house was cooking breakfast for the rest of the house when John took a walk outside without his usual cane. There he met one of his daughters, I believe it was Alice, but I could be wrong, and she asked him how he was feeling, but he didn't answer and went on his way. Sometime later, he returned to the house, looked at his relatives, and went to his room. After some time, his daughter went to his room to check on him and saw him kneeling down beside his bedside. She thought he was praying, so she left him alone. After some time had passed and he hadn't come out of his room, his daughter returned and shook his shoulder, where his head then dropped, signifying that he had passed away. The following day, he was taken to the cemetery and buried. John's life and legacy are long-lasting. He made many sacrifices and showed others what it meant to live a good life. Hopefully, we can all learn from his example of humility, strength, and tenacity to do the right thing. I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and I again encourage you all to learn more about your own ancestors and share the cool stories that you learn. And don't forget to share and like this video, subscribe to our channel on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts to learn more about history and other cool stories.